0: Coffee Talk with Linda, I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus, I love coffee, and I love sharing both. So, go grab your cup and let's talk. I am really excited about what God is having me talk about today. And I'm gonna start with a question for you to think about the whole time we're together talking today. What are you giving up? What have you passed up on simply for your bowl of soup? What is it? And so, of course, This morning, I'm going to be referring to the story about Jacob and Esau that is in Genesis uh, chapter 25. And we can look at this and get real judgy about it. Like, really? Really, you gave up your birthright for a bowl of soup? Like, how lame is that? You know, at least trade it for something... Equal value, a little bigger, maybe a steak, right? A bowl of soup. And so we're going to go through the story, but really what takes place here is that Esau settles. He gets hungry for something. He thinks he can't live without, and he trades off everything, everything for it. That's pretty amazing. And so we really have to ponder that when we're in the midst of frustration, when we're truthfully getting a little impatient. This really kind of builds on the barrenness is over message that I have out there. And because barrenness can last sometimes a little longer than we thought it was going to last. And the thing about barrenness that I want to emphasize is all that really means is when you are not producing fruit in a season, you thought you would produce fruit. And we see it as a loss sometimes, and we see it as a failure sometimes, but it never is that to God. He's using it for our advantage and our good. And I know we quote the scriptures that back that up all the time, but we've got to grasp it in our heart and hold on to it. He really is, if you will let him, going to use your barren season to produce more fruit. It felt like a barren season to you, but it really truthfully wasn't, unless you put yourself in it. That's a different different message, because Esau actually ends up putting himself in it. So we can look at this and think, I have, really, a cup of soup? You couldn't just wait a little bit? It seems ridiculous to us. The vastness of what he traded for a bowl of soup. We would never do that, would we? Think about it. We already have. Think about it in the spiritual sense. What have you settled for? What have you given up on? What have you even walked away from? What did you shift from one place to another because your spiritual stomach was hungry and you just couldn't? wait there's no other way to put it you just couldn't wait and so that's what's going on here in genesis chapter 25 let me see where it starts here okay so isaac and esau were twins and very different and very different looking they weren't identical twins and so the boys grew up let's start at verse 27 and esau was a very cunning person actually he was a skilled hunter says oh uh, he was a cunning and skilled hunter sorry i actually think jacob was the more cunning person as in in his ways a man of the outdoors and jacob was plain a plain and quiet man dwelt in the tents isaac loved esau but he also ate oh he and he ate of esau's game but rebecca loved jacob so they had favorites <laughs> that doesn't help either and so jacob was boiling Lentil stew one day when Esau came home from the field and he was faint. He didn't think he could take it anymore. He didn't think he could go another moment without something to quench his hunger. And Esau says to Jacob in verse 30, I beg of you, let me have some of that red lentil stew to eat for I am faint and famished. That is why his name was called Edom Red. Okay. He thought he needed it right away. He didn't. He was not going to die. He needed to sit down for a minute and have a glass of water. And this is the thing with us spiritually. We get into this place spiritually and we think, I've got to have this thing right now. I'm not going to make it. I've got to, I've got to sit down and settle here where it's comfortable. It's so important to not give up too soon. Don't give up. Jacob answers in verse 31, then sell me today your birthright, the rights of a firstborn son. Like talk about random. And see, that's the thing we don't understand. It's the enemy that comes in and tempt us in our seasons of weariness, in our seasons of struggle. And he puts something ridiculous before us just to see if we're going to take the bait. And so many times we do. We do it. I mean, Jacob's probably thinking in his mind, I-, I might as well say it. He looks pretty hungry, but I can't imagine he's really going to give me his birthright for this soup. But Esau does it. What a surprise. <laughs> you know, first sell me your birthright. What? Like, how crazy is that? Jacob, I mean, Esau thinks he's about to die. So it, the situation, he's amplifying the situation in his mind which we do all the time, We truthfully, it's so much worse in my mind than it really is. And I know sometimes you're in some really difficult situations, but the more our mind dwells on it, the more amplified it even seems. So it gets worse and worse, although nothing's actually changed. So Esau ends up swearing on oath to his brother that he will give his birthright to him. Esau couldn't see the truth of the situation. He got impatient and he settled for so much less than was already his just for being born first. And so for us, how much have we given up on blessings that the Lord had for us, passed by, settled for so much less than God intended because we grew impatient like Esau, because we couldn't see it. We got spiritually hungry for that desire, that thing that God placed down inside of us, but we have to wait until the season he says. We can't quit. How many miracles have we walked away from and we don't even know? And it's difficult, of course. There's some rough seasons There's some barren seasons. There's some storms in our life. There's some valleys we've got to walk through. And we feel like we're at the point of death, but we're really not. So when we look at this story of Jacob and Esau, and we roll our eyes and we think, really? For a bowl of soup? We have to really take a look inward at ourselves, maybe even reflect on the past where we settled because it was what our flesh wanted to do, Well, we grew impatient because it was what our flesh wanted to do, whatever it might've been, whatever the circumstance or the scenario was. The Bible doesn't say that Esau had been out hunting so long that he was starving to death, but Esau saw it so bad that he was like, I'm about to die. So what good is a birthright to me? Because I'm about to die. <laughs> you know, and then, and then, okay, so Esau has the bread and the stew and he ate and drank and he rose up and he went away. And then Esau scorned his birthright as beneath his notice. That's in verse 34. So he despised the very thing that just took place, the thing he gave away. And we do that sometimes. We settle and then we despise our situation. We can't be making any deals, especially on the things God has shown us. God has shown you, God has shown you, stand in that place. Trust the Holy Spirit to guide you through each step of the way. Even if you feel like you're going to die, inside or outside, you're not going to die. (laughs) You know, and how momentary, how, uh, what's the word I want? How fleeting of a moment was eating that bowl of soup and then it was done. Then it was over. And he despises his birthright. He ends up, that word despise, right, that's scorned. Some translations say despised. That He hated it. The thing that should have been the biggest blessing for him, he hated. We've done the same thing. You know, and I've said many times, if you've listened to this, if you've listened to me on Radio Air Jesus or on my podcast uh, more than just a few times, then you've heard me, you've heard me say in different times, I don't want to look over and see someone else in my position, someone else walking in my shoes. And that's what happened with Esau. And that's what God is saying to us today. Don't give it up for a bowl of soup. Don't get impatient. Hold on. Believe that that relationship can be restored. He's the repairer of the breach. It says that in Isaiah. That means he brings things back together where there's a breach, where it's been broken, where it's been attacked, where it never should have been. So hang in there. Stand tough in this situation. I know you get hungry for the things God showed you. You get really impatient. We anticipate, and then we get frustrated, and then we get, begin to get weary, The very thing that Galatians 6-9 warns against, us not getting weary in our well-doing. That means don't give up. Don't pass on the blessings for a bowl of soup. Don't settle. Don't ever settle. Hang on. It's coming. Your inheritance. It's a birthright here with Esau. It's an inheritance for us. Don't walk away from everything God intended for you for a momentary satisfaction a momentary satisfaction. Don't give up blessings that God has for you and you alone. Just like Esau's birthright was for him and him alone. Your blessings are for you and you alone. Don't give up on that for soup, for something that's going to pass in a moment. And what we do is we turn in that moment. We take it into our own hands. We're looking to self. That's what Esau did. And he could only see what he could see in that moment. And the only thing he could see was the bowl of soup. So we have to make sure we do not trade off everything God intended for us. Don't make an unworthy deal and end up despising your inheritance, that thing that should have been yours. Remain in that place, no matter how long you have to remain there. Stay in that place. Because God has so much more than a bowl of soup for you, we really have to ask, what are we trading on? What are we giving away? You know, jump over. I mean, Galatians six nine just goes with this in such a. It's such a um, linked, I guess, scripture. Uh, Galatians six nine is one of my one of my favorites because, you know, I love how it says. Don't give up in your well-doing. We miss that so many times. Your well-doing. And this is in the Passion Translation. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Don't allow yourself. I love how that starts out in the... Passion translation. You know, the the New King James, and I I believe the King James 2, it says, do not let yourself. So they're basically saying the same thing. Don't give permission to yourself. You're the only one that can allow yourself to become weary. You're the only one that can allow yourself to quit. You're the only one that can say, forget it. I'm never going to see my inheritance. I'm going to die right here. You're the only one that can pull yourself out of that place. But if we'll not give up, our inheritance is our inheritance. If Esau hadn't made that exchange, he had the birthright of the firstborn son, period. And if we'll not give up at doing what is good, don't miss that. That's the difference between Galatians 6, 9 and Genesis, although not, not that Esau wasn't doing what's not good, because he was out hunting, out doing the very thing he's supposed to be doing. That was his portion, his responsibility, I guess, doing what's good. Because at the right time, we'll reap a, har- a harvest of blessing if, a big if here, if we don't give up. So we really have to ask, what... What are we trading for a bowl of soup? That's pretty intense. What are we contemplating? What are we contemplating walking away from because we just don't think we can make it another day? So what are you willing to settle on is really the question. Is there an area you're willing to settle for less than God has for you? Are you willing to miss what God has for you? What does it really mean for us to pass on our birthright? What is a birthright? It's a privilege. We didn't do anything to deserve it. We're just there. We didn't earn it. It's just, it's a right that was, actually if you break up the word, it's kind of self-explanatory. It's a right that was given to us by birth. My three children will receive an equal inheritance. They did nothing for it, but they will each get a third of my inheritance. Whatever I leave behind, each of them are getting a third simply because I birthed them. That's their right. And so for us, the moment we become a child of God, there's certain things that God has intended just for us as his child. When we were born again, it became our right of birth. So... What does it mean for us? How do we, how do we apply this? How can, how can we settle? I mean, how can we sell our birthright? <laughs> kind of, we settle. We trade in on our inner person. What, what could possibly be worth that? Nothing. Nothing is worth that. I don't, nothing's worth missing out. And it happens all the time. What about the businessman who traded family time for all his work? You know, and now his kids are grown, and he doesn't have a relationship with them. And he wonders why they're not coming around. Was it worth what he traded for what he has material-wise? We have to understand that the devil's trying to make a bad deal with us. And a lot of times it's for just a momentary pleasure. You see it all the time in marriages, right? Somebody steps out of the marriage covenant, the marriage commitment. Why? For momentary pleasure that they think they have to have. But there's a trade-off for that. A lot of family pain. It's a really bad deal. Anything that entices us outside of the realm of what God intended for us is the same as Jacob saying to Esau, I'll give you a bowl of this soup for your birthright. Fleeting pleasure, a fleeting moment. You know, it makes me wonder, and this is a good, you know, I just, I think about this kind of stuff when I try and think a little deeper about the stories. It didn't seem like an awkward conversation. I wonder if Jacob had tried to weasel Esau out of his birthright beforehand, because it seems like such an awkward thing to say, but maybe it had been something Jacob tried to get from Esau in previous times, and now, now Esau is just so frustrated He's so weary, he's so exhausted that he's like, fine, whatever you want. And that's what the enemy will try and do with us also. He will try and wear us down. He'll try and wear us down. And we'll say no the first few times, but if we keep exposing ourselves to the same situation, eventually we're gonna feel so wearied, we're just gonna say yes to it in that moment of wanting that fleeting pleasure. But what? What are we giving up spiritually for? What are we giving up in our lives, our hearts for it? That's the tough portion of it. What are you giving up for a bowl of soup? Anytime we make a choice, a move, a decision, and we haven't sought God and heard his voice on it, we have made an exchange that may not be worth it, that may not be God's intent because then we'll turn and we'll despise the situation that we're in. And so we have to look at this and we have to ask ourselves, how will I know? How do I avoid? How do I stay away from this? I don't want to be the one. I don't want to be impatient. I don't want to devalue my inheritance in you. Every decision we make today impacts our tomorrow. We are either adding to our inheritance or getting closer to our inheritance, or we're selling off our inheritance. And so we have to understand what's really truly valuable and what's really truly not. We have to value our inheritance from the Lord and that purpose that he has specifically for us and not allow anything to deter us, anything to distract us. You know, and this is an interesting thing because we always talk about God's a God of grace and mercy and he'll bring it back around. No, not necessarily. Did Esau get his birthright back? I don't recall him getting his birthright back. He never received back the birthright of being the firstborn son. And there are things we are going to trade off and settle on in our impatience. And we will never get back the true intent of the moment from God. So we have to value every moment that God gives us and not give anything up. And not be deceived. And lose our focus that we think we have to have this thing in the season. It's not intended for us. And we get so focused on it that we give up everything else God intended for us in that actual moment we were in. And we miss it for a bowl of soup. It's not even a steak. And I think there's a reasoning to that. A bowl of soup, it's just like just for an appetizer. It's so quickly gone. Like if I have a bowl of soup, I'm pretty hungry again quickly. Versus if I sit down and have a full meal, if I have a feast, he didn't trade it for a feast. He didn't trade his birthright for a feast. He traded it for a bowl of soup. So I just want to encourage you today. Don't give up what God has for you. Especially in the next season, because you are frustrated and impatient and weary in this season. Hang on to the inheritance. Hear the voice of the Lord. Seek the voice of the Lord. Ask Him in every situation you find out that you're not happy about, that you don't think you can go on. Ask Him to show you the truth and ask Him how you respond to it. And wait until He shows you.